unencumbered by political correctness, undeterred in her mission to spread the truth, unafraid to be a true conservative. She's unapologetic, uncompromising, unwavering, and an undeniably powerful voice when we need it most. This is Rose Unplugged. This podcast episode is brought to you by MyPillow. Well, just when you thought it couldn't get any better, (laughs) the MyPillow 2.0. When Mike invented MyPillow, it had everything you could ever want in a pillow. Now, nearly 20 years later, he discovered a new technology that makes MyPillow even better. That is made with a temperature-regulating thread. The MyPillow 2.0 is the softest, smoothest, and coolest pillow you will ever own. MyPillow 2.0 with its temperature-regulating technology, 100% made in the USA, 10-year warranty, promo code ROSE, MyPillow.com, promo code ROSE. I have a fascination these days with the signs of the times. And we know that there's a lot of very strange things going on and things that could almost cause us to be fearful. We look at crime and the immigration issue, the drugs as a result. We look at the number of homeless now, the economy. Retailers are shutting down because of the crime. And I asked this particular guest to join me today because I want to talk more in depth. And in the coming episodes, I'll do so as well about the signs of the times. I was thinking that if we are going to be here at this time, then we really need to be sure that we are not just occupying, that we make every moment count, not just for ourselves, but for the kingdom, not just for ourselves, but for those who are fearful and who don't know the truth, not just for ourselves, but those who are lost. We must make every moment count, not just for ourselves. I hope you enjoy this episode of Rose Unplugged. Joining me today on this episode of Rose Unplugged is a pastor that I met in California, oh gosh, about a year or two ago, and I just fell in love with him and his wife and what they are doing out there in California and all over the country and the globe is really fantastic. He's the founder and president of American Faith and the senior pastor of Influence Church. Now, he's a biblical prophecy expert. He's a cultural thought leader and a passionate patriot. And I love this part. His, he's a descendant of William Brewster, who authored the Mayflower Compact and comes from a military family going all the way back to the Revolutionary War. And he's published 10 books. One of the latest ones was One Nation Without Law, but his very newest one that we're going to talk about today, among other things, is It's Midnight in America. And you can pre-order that right now at Amazon. I'm on the page myself right now. It's Midnight in America. Please welcome Pastor Phil Hudson-Pillar. How are you, Pastor Phil? Oh, I'm doing great, Rose. Thank you so much for uh, the uh, courtesy and honor to let me be on your uh, podcast. And hopefully I can... uh, I can produce what you expect. How about that? <laughs> I think you will. <laughs> I especially love that you are a biblical prophecy expert because I do want to talk about that. And, you know, one of the other things, too, is that I wanted to commend you on the AmericanFaith.com. I don't know if my all of my listeners know about it, but I know it's a very popular site among a lot of conservatives. You have you combine faith and stories that that we care about as Christians at AmericanFaith.com. And I just, I love that site. It's awesome. Oh, great. Thank you very much. 
So let's let's talk about your book first. First, I wanted to have you on to talk about an opinion piece that you wrote at American Faith about the cancel culture. But when you told me that you had this book, it's a midnight in, in America. I really want to talk to you about that because right now, Pastor Phil, it's like the world is falling apart. I was listening to Fox News on my way into the studio, and I heard New Yorkers talking, random people on the street. They were talking about how afraid they were, how fearful they were. Some of them said they don't even want to leave their homes anymore. And a lot of this was after the report of that 32-year-old who was stabbed to death on the street after a wedding that he and his date attended, and he was stabbed, right? You can see it on film. So people are fearful. And when you look at that, when you look at crime, when you look at the number of immigrants coming into this country, they are wandering the streets. And it's no time at all before they've got to find something to do with that idle time. So we've got that. We've got the homeless. And now we're making accommodations for them. I've never seen anything like this before. And when that woman said that she was fearful and another said they were afraid to leave their home, I, it made me think about what you had written in your new book, It's Midnight in America. Well, I'll tell you, I, we used to live in New Jersey, so we were part of that whole tri-state kind of area and pretty kind of a bedroom community. And I was just back on the 4th of July. And, you know, New York's got a charm about it. There's no doubt about it. Yes. But uh, it was a different New York than I left, uh, you know, 10 years ago. And I think uh, all of us know why. Yes. You know, the, the immigration problem is really points back to an administration problem. So, you know, if you're not going to control the border, you're going to have this problem. But I think uh, all the northern states thought they were safe because they were northern states and they weren't on the border. But uh, they kind of got a, a dose of their own medicine, didn't they? Yeah, they really did. And, and until there's until there's really action taken, and I that's one of the things that really kind of hit me with this book. Uh, my publisher approached me and said, do you have an idea? And I said, I do. And I, I, I kind of reflected back on Reagan's book and it's title of it was it's morning in America. Yes. And I realized in Reagan era, it was morning in America, but now we've, the clock is uh, fast forwarded and it's midnight. And we, we set not only because of biblical prophecy, but also because of just what's happening in our culture in our government, in our world, we, we set it at a, at a very precarious uh, place, I think, in history as America and as the world. You know, and I think there are so many things that we really can't come back from. And correct me if I'm wrong, unless you've got a, uh, well, the fact that the title of your book is It's Midnight in America tells me you may agree with me. But when we look at the crime, we look at the homeless here in Pittsburgh, they're accommodating them. They're bringing in the big uh, trailers that have porta potties on them. And, you know, because it's been a mess on certain streets in the city of Pittsburgh. And we know that this kind of thing is happening in cities all over the country. We know that crime is at a point where stores are closing. This is not, I, I can't see an end to this. I don't see how even one president could walk in to the White House and suddenly everything is going to change. We are so deep into this right now. It almost looks like there's no hope, but we always have hope, though, don't we? Well, I, I think we have to have hope in order to survive, undoubtedly. But I'm with you. you you're not going to fix this problem with a four-year term, no doubt. And it's going to get worse because, remember, this term is not over. You, it, we got another solid year of mistakes that could be made. So here's the, here's the problem. The problem is that we we set in a situation where we're unraveling uh, the very fabric of the republic. And 
what they're really trying to do, in my opinion, this is a this is basically a, a color revolution, very typical from CIA all over the world, and it's led by a Marxist idea that we want to is you have to basically totally destroy it and then rebuild it. And this has been this has happened in different parts of the world, uh, so it's not uncommon for this to happen. Same thing's true. Uh, I mean, if you look at just the numbers, we hear billions here and there, but let's put it down to where it really, in terms of Ukraine, it's $228 million a day is how much we've been giving them. Wow. Uh, and, and so when you put it in that term, and then, you know, if you're living on Maui and your house burns down, you get a check for what, 1200 bucks mm-hmm. um, from the government. So you see that there, there's an unwinding of the fabric of America. And, and I don't know that it can be put back together. Um, one of the common questions I get asked is, where is American biblical prophecy? And it's amazing how many people don't want to answer that question. You know, they say, well, it's really not, but it might be this, might be that. And in my book, I go ahead and just answer the question, where's American biblical prophecy? So uh, I, as far as I know, I'm the first guy to really do it uh, that has a level head. And I approach it from a very different perspective, and I'm not going to give it away. No, don't ask me, Rose. I'm not going to give all the the secrets away in the book, all right? Right. I understand. But, you know, I have to say, though, when you talk about biblical prophecy and what's to come, you know, this is, and, and you talk a lot in the book, too, about fear. And I think that's, you know, that is deliberate. I, they, I think there is a desire to make the people fearful. We saw that through the pandemic, where you could control a, a group of people simply by making them afraid. So we know that works really well. But at the same time, you talk about how that's paralyzing. Here we are, though, Pastor Phil, at a point in time, I believe, that everyone since the time of Jesus has wanted to be in, and that is these days. Let's just put it that way. Even the disciples had hoped they would see the return of Christ. I see this as deliberate. There is no coincidence that you and I are here right now or anyone listening to this podcast. And this is a a window of opportunity, I believe, for us, for those of us who recognize these things and what's going on. I think it's a great window of opportunity. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I would. And and one of the things that's really uh, interesting, if you uh, when you get an opportunity, uh, go to First Thessalonians chapter 5, and the key to this chapter are the personal pronouns, because they unlock the chapter. Mm. Because it talks about when they say peace and safety, well, that's exactly what the administration is saying. Yes. This is all for your safety. This is all for the, you know, peace and safety. When they say, then sudden, um, um, sudden calamity comes upon them. And then it says, this day has not overtaken you as it has them. And so all those personal pronouns unlock exactly uh, where we are and that God has a protective hand on his people. And I'm going to call them the true believers because uh, there's a lot of people that are Christian in name, but not really don't really know the Lord. But uh, God has always protected, whether it was on the ark or whether it was in uh, Egypt as they left uh, and, and at the heels of Pharaoh. Uh, God has always protected his people in a very, very unique way. So I think we can be of good cheer about that. I also think we can look at it and say we are living in uh, some amazing prophetic times. I I actually have one chapter called The Prophetic Clock, and I chronicle there uh, probably uh, 10 of the most significant prophetic fulfillments we've seen 
since 1948. Wow. So, uh, and, and if you look at it, these are verifiable. And then I list three uh, that have not yet been uh, fulfilled, but we expect to be filled uh, pretty quickly. So by that means, we're, things aren't really falling apart. They're falling in place. And if you have that perspective on it, you can say that there's a sovereign God. When I was at Oxford University, my professor was, uh, you know, a double Ph.D. physics guy and was part of the uh, uh, biological warfare department of the Royal Air Force, plus an Anglican priest. So he had a great combo there. And I asked him one day, I said, knowing what you know about biological warfare, how can you sleep? And he said, it's easy, my boy. He said, I believe in a sovereign God. Wow. And I think it was I think it was the greatest statement just to kind of get us back, because if our problems are bigger than our God, then we've got a, a bigger problem than our problems. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Well said. Now, your book, we're talking, by the way, to Phil Hotzenpiller, and he is the author of the new book, Midnight in America. And let me tell you guys, like, I cannot wait till this book comes out. You can right now order it. You can pre-order it for when it is, um, I guess it comes out in April, right? Oh, my gosh, I have to wait yeah, that yeah. long. All righty, fine. <laughs> <laughs> but you can get it on Amazon for sure. It's right there. I'm looking at it right now. It's available there. And uh, so, you know, one of the things, too, is when you think about, Phil, and think about the audience, because I noticed that even in my women's Bible study, when we, a lot of us are talking about the signs of the times, but there are women in that group who don't want to hear that. They're like, no, I don't, I don't want it to be now. It's going to have to happen sometime, right? That time is going to happen at some point. But, but there are a lot of people that are actually fearful of that time. They're feel fearful of the well, time when the Lord comes back. And that always, that fascinated me. I don't understand it. Well, I, I think it, it probably points to maybe just a lack of what does that mean, you know, and, and can my fear keep God from coming back? I mean, you know, it's kind of like he wrote uh, the words of prophecy for our hope, the scripture says. So the idea is when I see things happening in my world, Oh, I say, oh, then I see God in my world because this is what God said would happen. You know, it's funny, 20 years ago, I was preaching on the mark of the beast and everybody thought I was crazy, you know, and and uh, seriously thought I was crazy unless they were really <laughs> solid believers. And now you look at what's happening with all the uh, microchips and the ca- cashless society. And now, you know, now I look like uh, I look normal again. So I'm, I'm happy about that part of it. I always thought you looked normal, but that was just me. But no, when you think about it, Pastor Phil, and, and you consider Revelation 13, uh, worshiping the image of the beast. Well, let, let's talk about that for a minute, because with AI right now, you can still kind of tell if it's generated through artificial intelligence. But listen, we just saw something with Zuckerberg, and it was an avatar of Zuckerberg, and it looked pretty darn good. So when you think about that, yeah. and as we progress with artificial intelligence, you can see how easy it would be, A, to create an image, and then B, to deceive the masses, because remember, the the scripture says that if the days weren't cut short, even the very elect would be deceived. And you can see how that can happen now, can't you? I mean, it really makes sense. Yeah, and AI is, you know, it's been with us since 2016. If you have a Google, you use Google at all, you've been using AI for years. True. You just don't know you are. Um. You know, and, and so a lot of the, you know, different things that, that are out there like Grammarly or whatever. Uh, right now, if you don't get in this AI world uh, as an industry, you're going to you're going to be out of business. Yes. That's really what it comes down to. So 
we have a lot to be fearful of it in the sense of it. And also uh, just kind of reminiscent of other things we were fearful for, yet we navigated through it. We figured out, yeah, the enemy's going to use it like he uses everything, but so does God. So yes. I, I'm not overly fearful, but I will say this. It's really interesting. I This has been about three months ago. Uh, two of the uh, experts in the world of AI, they did a presentation. They said, we did this present. We built this two two days ago. It's already out of date when it comes to AI. Wow! And and they said, you know, the the biggest concern and the thing that we don't know is of the top fifty experts, none of them really knows how it works, <laughs> because it, because it has the capacity not to just find information like like a search on on the web. It actually has the ability to logic, reason, and create. So all of the uh, the units are were all built to input English and spit back out English, and yet one of uh, one of them uh, actually taught itself Persian oh. and began to ask questions and answer in Persian, and nobody knows how or why that happened. Wow! So these are the kind of these are the kind of mysteries that are out there for us that uh, really make you step back and do a Socrates. You know, you go like, I'm not sure what's going on here, but this is a a wild world we're living in indeed. It is indeed. It really is. And I think that I think that right now we're at a right the ripe RIPE time for the youth in this country because they they don't have anything to really believe in, to really embrace and they they tend to really navigate towards this. And also they just they've just learned to embrace this so much more than we have for very many reasons that we didn't have quite frankly when we were their age. Oh yeah! Oh, exactly. Yeah, um, we are um, we're living in in a day that's unprecedented in so many ways. In fact, uh, I really believe one of the things that we're also seeing is the technology. You know, like tick, TikTok is is kind of like if you're a Gen Z, you don't do Facebook, you don't do uh, uh, Instagram, you do TikTok. Yeah. I mean, that's just the bottom line. Um, so we had some guys come in and, and do some training with our students and our staff to create a, a, a TikTok account to preach the gospel. Well, let me just give you one example. One kid launched it two weeks ago. He's got 10 million people, followers right now, and he's preaching the gospel to 10 million people. Wow, I love it. I love now, it. Now, let me tell you, the guy that, the guy that trained uh, him, he also trained another guy who was a 77-year-old retired youth pastor and he said, you know, I still got some life in me. Can you teach me how to do TikTok? So he taught him, and he has 131,000 followers, uh, 131 million followers on TikTok. No kidding. Wow. So here's the thing. If, if, we, if, we, if we go old school on this thing, we're going to miss out on what God, the opportunities God's going to have. It doesn't mean we're not cautious. But remember, you can't, nobody can stick their head in the sand and ignore what's happening in our world. We have to say, how can we use it for the kingdom of God? I like that. That should be our number one question, always asking, how do we advance the cause? So here's a, here's a really interesting thing. And uh, Lauren Cunningham back in, I think it was 2004, he said that by 2033, all the scriptures will be translated in every language, every tribe, every person. Okay? Now, that's interesting for a couple of reasons. We also, I just read an article that they estimate with the way that – AI is going, that they should be able to translate the Bible uh, into all languages. This is apart from Cunningham's statement, in all languages by 2033. 
It's also been revealed by the Social Security Department that in 2033, we will be broke. Okay, now there's yes. three things. I've, I've got a few more of those, but they're all pointing to a pretty, you know, that's 10 years. Yes. So so what, what we're really doing, uh, kind of a message to our staff, and it's going to be a message to our church is, let we don't know when the Lord's coming back, but w- let's just take the next 10 years. How can we accelerate everything we're doing in 10 years? And if the Lord does not come back, we still haven't lost. We've won. Right. If he does come back, we've won. And so I just I just think we need to challenge the body of Christ worldwide to accelerate their efforts in these dark times we're living in. I was just earlier today at McDonald's to get a coffee because call me crazy, but I like McDonald's coffee. And if you have the app, it's only 99 cents. But anyway, I was there and the woman at the window just looked sad. And I said, oh, how are you doing today? And she said, okay. And I go, so you're not doing okay. And she said, no. I go, can I pray for you? And she said, yes, I'm holding her hand out my window and she's out her window holding mine. And we prayed. But I got to tell you, Pastor Phil, I bring this up only to tell you that I have found over and over again that I have yet to have somebody say no to me. When I stop and say, can I pray for you? People are ready for this, Pastor Phil. They are ready. Oh, yeah. Well, and, and you bring up a great point because it is the universal tool that all people, almost without exception, are going to appreciate. Now, if you say, can I read the Bible with you? You're not going to have that same response. But oh. I think prayer, you can, you can weave truth into prayer. I mean, your, your prayers can be like a little Bible say if you want them to be. But um, so I just think, <laughs> yeah. yeah, prayer is a great thing. And uh, I think one of the top 10 lifestyle apps in the world right now is pray.com. And so you think about that. How is that, how is that possible? It is possible because it's a universal tool that people use uh, in their life. I love it. If you had to speak to my audience and just encourage them, because we've talked about this being a window of opportunity. I love what you told us about, you know, everything is pointing almost to 2033. And even if you think about the World Economic Forum, they talk about 2033, 2035. That's been kind of their time frame, too, if you think about it. Uh What would you say to my listeners to encourage them, to get them to really understand this is a fleeting opportunity, a fleeting opportunity and to take make the best of it? Yeah, I think uh, just in addition to what I've already said, I really believe that it's important, number one, to really enjoy every day of your life. And you can't enjoy your your life if you're worried and living in fear. Mm. So remember, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. So one of the chapters in my book is called Fear is a Spirit. And when people realize, yes, fear has an emotion side to it, but remember, it's, it's, it's catalyst is a spirit that is an evil spirit that that brings up fear and fear is the opposite of faith and trust and so walk in how can my faith increase by reading the bible the bible says in romans 10 faith comes by hearing hearing by the word of god so read the bible be encouraged open your mouth don't worry you're not going to get persecuted too bad and uh it'll you you may make new friends and advance the kingdom in the process amen we're talking to Pastor Phil Hudson Pillar, and he is the author of the new book, It's Midnight in America. You can pre-order it right now. It's fascinating. Just the read that I've done so far. Absolutely fascinating. Oh, and don't forget to check out AmericanFaith.com. It's a great source of information and news and encouragement. 
And Pastor Phil, I am so glad that we finally were able to put this together because I've wanted to have you on oh. for a very long time. Amen. And I got to tell you one report. We have an intern on TikTok for American Faith. Yes. He's got 100,000 views on a video from last night. It's gaining 5,000 every minute right now. Oh, my goodness. So if somebody wanted to check it out. They could. They could go right there and find American Faith Media on TikTok. And this young guy is a college student. And uh, 100,000 views on the video from last night, uh, gaining 5,000 every minute at his current rate. That's fabulous. I love it. See? It goes to what you were saying. It really does. Thank you, Pastor Phil, and God bless. Thank you so much. You're welcome so much. All right, take care. God bless.